Wake up. Freedom's on the rise. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Freedom's Rising. Today is June 3rd, 2022. We are recording this episode in the morning of that day, and you are listening to Freedom's Rising. Today, we have a few topics that I'd like to go over, including the issue with mandatory vaccinations, as we touched on, um, alt-eats, alt-life. We'll be getting into a little bit of the Free State Project to touch on that. We haven't brought the Free State Project up here on the Freedoms Rising show yet. So I'm not sure exactly how in-depth we're going to be going into that, but we'll at least bring it up so we can start uh, learning more and people can become more aware of the Free State Project. Also, uh, besides that, we'll see how the show goes. I don't plan to typically do a show on Friday, but uh, we had taken some time off earlier in the week, and so I felt like it was better to get a show out today and uh, keep the feeds full. That way, next week we can get back on to a more regular schedule. And uh, yeah, so I wouldn't always expect a Friday show. Um, there's lots of things I, I discussed last episode that need to be worked on on the back end. And, you know, there's a certain amount of time each day that I'll have to dedicate to working on the show. And so doing a show in addition to working on the show is something that I'd love to do one day, um, you know, more as a full-time gig and be able to expand the operation and have a, a you know, different days of the week where we're doing different themes and being able to pack more information in that way. Uh, Along those lines, one thing we've started up is, as I was mentioning yesterday, uh, starting to set up the podcasting 2.0 abilities for tylerbloyer.com and the feeds there. That includes the freedomsrising.com, or sorry, freedomsrising series. And the website that you can check out is newpodcastapps.com. Now, what these apps do are take podcasting and expand upon the abilities of traditional podcasts, and they're calling this endeavor, the sort of the marketing term that Adam Curry and others have put onto this is podcasting 2.0. And with podcasting 2.0, you can do things like create chapters, uh, clips, uh, fans can create clips. There's, and so the, you know, clips and chapters, chapters could be sections that you're putting a link in and, a, you know, that a time stamp and someone can skip ahead or see what's upcoming in the podcast through the chapter. And then there's also the value for value and the sat streaming and the boosts and the boostograms. These are all things that take something like maybe a super chat on YouTube and now you have a, a boostogram and that's, you know, it's kind of taking like Instagram boost, mixing it, I think. And now you have the ability to send someone a message with a boost in that chat. And so anyway, what I would suggest people to do to learn more about that is start using one of the apps in a, you know, for podcasting that are supported for either Android or iOS. And you can start to get familiar with the app itself. But the challenge that most people will probably have is even like what the value for value is would be hard to set up for the average individual. Some people will already know how to use cryptocurrencies and 
lightning and uh, be familiar with a wallet like Exodus where you can trade your Bitcoin into lightning or send, you know, you can set up a lightning ad wallet on Exodus and send your Bitcoin to the lightning network. And then that could be used to do these capabilities. Now, if someday they'll be supporting different coins or different cryptocurrencies, that would be interesting as well. I don't know what the capabilities of something like you know, Monero would be to go and do something like they're doing with the Lightning Network. And I don't fully endorse or support, you know, Bitcoin or Lightning. I'm sort of just doing this as a personal uh, learning experience. And and then also, I do see that in the future of podcasts, we'll be on this more uh, 2.0, which probably one day, you know, it's not necessarily going to be called Podcasting 2.0. It'll just be the features of a podcast app and built-in ways to do the things that these apps are going to be providing for now. So for for I would suggest to try Breeze if you're looking for one to try or Fountain. I think Fountain and Breeze both work on the various phone platforms that people might have, except for maybe like a, a Freedom phone with a different operating system on it that doesn't support these apps. But... And we'll get to that stuff too, and digital sovereignty, and and that's what a lot of this is about when we talk about the tech. It's forms and ways to take back your digital sovereignty, not just a you know privacy or just battling censorship. It's actually it would be like a whole suite of techniques used to understand how to empower yourself digitally and you know, resist tyranny in that way. So one a great example of that would be the above phone. And I don't have an above phone, but I'm starting to look into, you know, de- de-googling, uh, de- you know, big brothering my phone. And I'm not opposed to the idea at all. I think I'm open to using an alternative. And I'd like to get started by having, you know, maybe do a crossover where we keep you know the traditional phone with all the traditional apps and functionality and then have an above phone or something like that where I build it out and become more comfortable with it to the point where I'd feel fine just leaving the old style behind and going with a more privacy-centric, digital, sovereignty-centric phone. And that phone that I'm talking about, there's quite a few out there like this, but I'm more familiar with the people behind takebackourtech.org, Ramiro Romani, and the people he's working with in the Conscious Resistance, and his above phone, abovephone.com, is a website that you can check out to get more information about that. And, you know, in fact, maybe what we should do is have Ramiro on the show, and I'll add that in as a note here to contact him and see if he'd be willing to just come and talk about the above phone and maybe we could do like a live demonstration or I can do a review of some sort on the above phone. That would be great. So I'll uh, put that in the show notes for the above phone and how to uh, get a hold of that information. Next up, what we'd like to discuss is the issue with, you know, mandatory vaccinations, but also just the issue with the fact that people have an issue with other people not deciding to go along with, uh, you know, something that they've decided to do, and a lifestyle that they've chosen, and 
how it does take some courage to step outside of the box and make your own decisions, even though the large, overwhelming majority of people may be, you know, thinking about things in a certain way or headed in a certain direction. And that's what we'd call in our family, alt eats, alt life. And this is an alt lifestyle. There's an alternative way to live and an alternative way shouldn't necessarily be the wrong way, but somebody should be given the freedom, the ability, they have the freedom and ability to explore alternative ways of living their lifestyle. And, you know, for alt eats, this is something that my wife has been working on for her basically adult life, uh, creating concepts around food that are different from the standard way of eating. And she actually has lots of different recipes. And we are working on a course, as I've mentioned before on the show, which shows how to create alternative ways of eating through, you know, using uh, grainless, uh, sugarless, zero carb, uh, also keto friendly, and not only that, but just how to actually, you know, plan out a meal for a, for a family of five that you cook three meals a day for, how to go and uh, budget that and save the money on the groceries to be able to split split up the meals in a way that extends out the life of that uh, investment that you're doing in purchasing those groceries. So there's a lot of things that you can learn by just exploring, again, and going outside of the mainstream of what's possible and how you can adapt your diet to your lifestyle and become healthier for it. And so Freedom's Rising and Alt Life, these are the the sort of the banners that we fly under and we're raising consciousness around how to live a higher, uh, how to live a better life through doing things differently than the mainstream. I mean, if we look at society, we look at the way a lot of people's mental health is and the conditions of their physical health, and we shouldn't have to look too far to see that there are issues you know, that we'd potentially like to avoid and be healthier and live a healthier life, but not not like you're just like terrified of every little thing that could be going on negatively affecting your health. You also have to sh- show some courage and resistance and resilience in this life. Um, you know, for example, like sitting at the desk for long hours is not exactly a healthy lifestyle. And I do a lot of desk sitting and including with, you know, how I earn a living and it's all done at the computer. So I have to make sure to get out and get moving and make sure I'm getting on a daily walk, if not two or three walks a day to get out and at least do some movement and then working out in the garage, right? Waking up and doing some weightlifting and uh, at least moving things around, you know, getting your body to be moved around. But anyway, so with our lifestyle and the way we've chosen to raise our children, a lot of people would, you know, have take issue with, you know, not vaccinating or uh, homeschooling and things like that. And we don't vaccinate our children. And a lot of people would think that that's a horrible idea in the modern day, you know, but I've done enough research around the topic that to me, it makes a lot more sense, not just that I'm opposed to all vaccinations blanket statement, because this is a fallacy that people make as well, is they equate someone being uh 
questioning, thinking, conscious person as a completely blanket statement anti-vaxxer. They're all against everything that has to do with medical science, and they're they're basically anti-scientific. And that's that's not the case. There's questions that come up across doing research with any one of the vaccines that you could take that say are on the schedule for a child to take, and you come up with these legitimate concerns and questions surrounding the safety and the efficacy of that vaccination, and you can make your own decision. If you think you're, you know, one day old needs a hepatitis B vaccination, and you feel like there's a big risk for your one day old whose mother's already been tested and it doesn't have hepatitis, and there are only so many ways that someone can derive hepatitis, but you feel like it's important enough to take that risk of what might be otherwise negative effects of taking a one-day-old and giving them a vaccination that has uh, toxic poisons in it, and you feel like that's the right thing to do, then you know you can make that decision. But again, going back to the whole mandatory situation and what we rubbed up against with the COVID experience was that people were definitely walking the line and bumping up against the idea of basically forcing people to take these medications. Now, once again, you know, we chose not to and have a strong beliefs for and reasons why we're not going to do, you know, take the COVID-19 or any other vaccinations that come out regarding these uh, modern pandemics or the monkeypox vaccination or whatever they come out with next, right? And uh, the mRNA technology is not even traditionally known or traditionally is not a vaccination. It is not something that is like traditional vaccines where you take a a dead uh, virus or, you know, an inert virus and inject it so that your body can get familiar with that, you know, particular strain and then make an immune system response against it. This is actually genetically modifying you, your RNA, through uh, mRNA technology, which goes in and reprograms the cells to create a spike protein, and then have that spread throughout the body and have the body create a reaction to that. And, you know, maybe there was some reduction in people's symptoms or something like that, or it helped people be less symptomatic. But I don't think that that was something, you know, that was worth the risk and speaking from experience, you know, we are all not dying and rolling around on the ground with COVID and, you know, can't get back to work because we're just so sick from the COVID. I mean, that isn't a thing for the people that didn't take the vaccine. So why, why would that be, you know, what, what are the, what are the chances that all the people that didn't get the vaccine are just healthier now because they're not they're not manipulating their RNA. <laughs> they're not putting bioweapons inside their body and they maybe have a more natural immunity, right? Which is still a thing. Anyway, so there are issues with the idea of mandatory vaccinations, obviously. I mean, first of all, the the absurdity of it that someone else can claim that they're able to force you and take away your sovereignty and just make you do something anyway, is ridiculous, right? That's a ridiculous concept in the first place. But what we could see is that through the psychological trauma, through the psychological fear, people will 
definitely walk in that direction and start to advocate that this is what be done. And how, how great would it be for the pharmaceutical companies to have their product mandatorily put inside of people, right? Maybe even from birth, it just ma- absolute, you know, 100% guarantee that they're going to be producing their products, right? We have Bill Gates, who's investing in these products and has made billions and billions, you know, with his investments into vaccinations. And they've found it to be an extremely profitable way to make uh, not just not just Bill Gates, like, he's the only one doing it, you know, like, anyone really who's invested in some of the large ETFs or the stock markets, uh, larger funds, accumulated funds of investments are, you know, spread across the board of these industries. And the one of the things that props up the economy is when they're able to sell billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of vaccinations, right? It makes a lot of money for those stockholders, for those shareholders, for those companies. And there's way more motivation behind the agenda besides just financial, but we can clearly see that there's a large financial motivation to keep these agendas going, to keep these products rolling out. And again, part of the alt-life style and alt eats having to do with your health is to not submit to this tyranny and to not uh, participate in the mass depopulation and mass culling and sterilization of humanity through poisoning them with these chemicals and with these bioweapons. So that's part of it, you know, that's one big part of it. But then also, beyond that, there's a whole way of doing things differently than not just like we've been told, but then people are willing to explore. So, you know, exploring these uh, concepts of different ways of raising a family, and the different ways of doing things is something that I'd like to encourage younger people to do. I'd like to encourage you to, you know, step out into different ways of thinking than the traditional means of just sending your kids to school all day. And, oh, well, I don't know how I would be able to handle that. And we both have to go to work. And that just sounds like too much. You know, well, how much work is it to to be getting up and like, you know, making the kids get ready, and they have to go to bed on time, and they have to get up on time, and mom's got to get out early, so dad's got to take the kids in, and then you got to run back home to get to your meeting, and then you got to go pick them back up and work that out, maybe some daycare, and these expenses come up, and these things are, you know, almost going to outweigh one person's salary, and all that time invested in money invested in these various tasks, where imagine not having to spend that gas money or having to maintain uh, a vehicle to be able to trans, you know, two vehicles to be able to go back and forth to work on, you know, putting high mileage on them and the high stress of that. And then, you know, not spending that extra time in commute or in transit or getting ready to go out the door and all that can be then modified and used to actually save money in some cases or, you know, just rerouted to be able to use time and energy in a different way. So you can take your abilities and transmute them into an entrepreneurial endeavor, right? You could become 
earning a side income while being able to homeschool your children. And so there are ways to do things, and it really comes down to your will and the amount of effort that you're willing to put in. Clearly, if you're really well off financially and you know, you're having a state, one person has a very stable income and is able to support the family and the other person doesn't need to worry about it and they can focus on the homeschooling and maybe even they have side income projects that they can do while, you know, helping the children with their education. And I I know that some people are into the radical unschooling and I'm not, you know, totally opposed to the idea. I think for a time, especially if your child has been in school, that it's good to give them a period of unschooling, a a period of, you know, decompressing and, you know, stepping back from all the programming that's been gone in. So, you know, especially if they've been in the system already, there might be a period where some unschooling, some self-directed learning, you know, them exploring their talents and capabilities a little while you're helping to facilitate that is in order. But I don't think that just not teaching your kids, you know, basics or having a little bit of well-rounded education or having them go through and learn even like what the kids in school are learning in addition to other things. I don't think that these are things that are going to negatively affect your child. It's all about how it's done. If you're trying to like recreate a classroom and like they got to be in their seat and you're like being all strict about it and they can't you know, have a break until it's recess time or something like that, then you're just recreating the same environment that you think of as schooling, that you understand as schooling. And you're not actually, you know, really giving them that much of a leg up or a different type of education. I think it's a fallacy to think that your child needs to go along with the K through 12 program and be right alongside the model of where they're at. I mean, that's one big reason when we were looking to move to Oregon that we decided not to just because of the homeschooling laws there seemed a lot more strict and tyrannical than where we ended up here in Arizona. I, I do think that once you understand your child's interests and abilities more as they get to be older, you do start to shape you know, their education or their path more into what their talents and skill sets naturally tend towards. Not just like what makes them happy and gives them pleasure. Like, oh, well, they like to play video games all day. So I guess I'll just let them play video games all day. Like, no, maybe they're creative and they like to work with technology. And so you can turn that into, you know, creating artwork on the computer or using electronic instruments. These things are have a a blending of electronics plus you know you you actually have a physical activity going on and you're you're learning something new all the time so if if they're interested in any kind of music at all i think facilitating that is a big thing and so when we facilitate we create the environment and that's again the alt, alt lifestyle is my living room has three or four guitar amps a drum set like five guitars spread around And my son goes in there and plays guitar three or four times a day, sometimes just messing around. He also has his biological father helping him learn on the phone. They do like almost like lessons over the phone. And he, you know, is a brilliant guitar player. He's a lot better than I am. And I've been playing for a long time, but it shows that dedication because I don't have the 
haven't had the dedication with the guitar yet to be able to really get my chops down where if you play every day even just picking it up for five ten minutes and you know getting your fingers stretched out and playing a few of the riffs and patterns that you're familiar with that's going to really keep that in tune so anyway um moving on i think the next topic i'd like to talk about is the free state project we haven't talked about it here on the show i know we've talked about upcoming events and pork fest happens somewhere up there i think in new hampshire um for the freedom festival and we have talked about that but we haven't necessarily talked about just the free state project itself and the free state project on their website it says are you tired of government always getting bigger do you like the only person or sorry do you feel like the only person around who just wants to be free you are not alone. The Free State Project is a movement of, th- I'm still reading from the website, a movement of thousands of freedom-loving people to New Hampshire. We welcome people who already live in New Hampshire as well as those who haven't moved yet. More than 4,900 participants are already in New Hampshire and more than 19,000 have pledged to move. By concentrating our numbers, we are turning the tide against big government, plus Free Staters, have built an incredible community full of people who value liberty and responsibility. The Free State Project is a given is a sorry is a proven strategy to increase your personal and e- economic freedom today. So they're basically having people dedicate that they'll move there, and through that, I think that's a good idea. Then you have a lot of like-minded people. Not that everyone needs to be like-minded. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, but when they're orientation is towards freedom and liberty and these people are occupying you know positions in in local government or they're occupying influential positions in that town or even just becoming members of a thriving community and and contributing their skill sets and their abilities to this community that's a a conscious effort to change the tide right to actually turn things around to make sure that there's pockets of freedom pockets of people that are willing and able to push back. And that is very important. So although, you know, I'm not saying like everything that the Free State Project stands for, I'm 100% behind. Like that's not the case at all. I'm sure there's some things and some ideas going around in that movement that I would be cringeworthy and I wouldn't want to participate in or I would have problems with. But there's also the fact that I haven't been there and the fact that I don't know every person. I've met some people from the Free State Project, but I'm sure that there's pockets of people that are way more anarchist and there's pockets of people that are more like political libertarian. And then there's pockets of people that are even maybe more like right wing, but understand the value of of this project. So they're kind of still, you know, looking to when things through the political means and still kind of hanging on to that left-right paradigm. Uh, anyway, the point is, check it out. I've heard of the Free State Project through LRN.fm, which is something I've been listening to for a long time. I think introduced to LRN.fm through finding Ernie Hancock, and he's one of the radio host shows on that network, even though his shows are a little bit less regular lately. Uh, they still feature him in a schedule and play into the live stream some good old Declare Your Independence with Ernie Hancock, uh, which will also drop in the show notes along with LRN.fm. Now, I'm bringing this up because it kind of goes back into what we started the show with, 
and uh, LRN.FM, I'll read their intro so we're not just skipping over that. On their website it says, LRN.FM is your source for the best liberty-oriented audio content 24-7. You'll hear live shows as well as the latest episodes of podcasts from around the world. Please see our top menu for our program guide and various listening options, including our online audio streams, radio, satellite, video streams, on your phone or or your phone plus you can learn how to broadcast lrn.fm in your area get answers to frequently asked questions here so actually lrn.fm and ernie hancock's website freedoms phoenix is what inspired freedoms rising these are projects that inspired me to create my own 24 7 live streaming platform and also to have uh, liberty-oriented content being produced and being created and being broadcast out there, and then chiming in and you know feeding off of each other on these projects and helping amplify the message. So that's how I'm getting involved. And you know, it's not like I'm just piggybacking on exactly what these guys are doing and trying to replicate it. I am trying to create my own form of what it looks like. But I think, you know, Freedoms Phoenix is what has been occurring and now we need Freedoms Rising. Now people need to get activated. Now people need to get into motion. And so we're really are trying to carry the torch from these projects and build up our platform to be as robust and wide reaching as LRN.FM has been, as Ernie Hancock and Declare Your Independence have been. And hopefully with people like Ian Freeman, who I think is the main you know, programmer, engineer, operator behind LRN.FN and Ernie, who I've known and met in real life. And, you know, we, we've talked quite a few times now, not gotten too deep, but that's what we'll hopefully do is be able to have these guys on Freedoms Rising and do segments where I can have a recorded interview go out where we're getting updates on things and how they're doing. For example, uh, the FBI rated the lrn.fm studios as well as other places around new hampshire and ended up arresting the crypto six last year in march of 2021 and it was an interesting situation and i think what was being trying tried to be you know setting a precedent and may it's still in the process i don't have the latest details on everything but i'd like to read a new or an article that's not new that came out in March 18th of 2021, and it's on decrypt.co. FBI raids New Hampshire Bitcoin operations and charges radio host. Libertarian radio host Ian Freeman has been indicted for operating an illegal crypto business. You know, supposedly, I guess, according to this. In brief, reading from the article... The FBI and IRS raided multiple Bitcoin operations in New Hampshire, and six people were arrested, including prominent libertarian radio host Ian Freeman. The radio host and chairman of the Shire Free Church remains in custody, according to his business partner. FBI and IRS officers on Tuesday swooped in on multiple premises of Keene, New Hampshire, associated with the libertarian group Free Keene, according to the local news reports. Reportedly, at least one Bitcoin ATM was seized. Continuing my reading from the article. 
Six people were arrested and federally indicted for allegedly participating in a conspiracy to operate an unlicensed money-transmitting business, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of New Hampshire. Two of those arrested were still in custody pending a bond hearing, but the story gets a lot weirder than an unlawful crypto business. According to the indictment, the co-conspirators misled financial institutions into believing that accounts used for their enterprise, the Shire Free Church, were for charitable donations, and that they were actually for an unlawful virtual cryptocurrency exchange business. One of those arrested was Libertarian and Free Talk Live radio host Ian Freeman. Mark Edge, Freeman's business partner and fellow radio host, told Decrypt on Wednesday that the charges are baseless. Though Edge, who was not arrested and says he was not involved in the church's cryptocurrency enterprise, did acknowledge the church's existence was inextractably entwined with Bitcoin adoption. Bitcoin is a, quote, gift from God, unquote, Edge said, quote, whereas the government's money is lies, obfuscation, blood, and oil. We do it as a mission to propagate peace and freedom for the church, unquote. Edge added that Freeman had complied with known to customer, sorry, let me start that over. Edge added that Freeman had complied with know your customer or KYC stipulations as far as he knew. Quote, the government wants everyone warned, unquote, he said. Quote, they don't want anyone doing things that can't benefit them. Now, my interjection, I think that's absolutely the case here. That's what was going on. They were trying to create a situation where they could make a big fuss and have a lot of people see what they were doing to these individuals who were just basically involved with cryptocurrencies. That, you know, they're looking for ways to create a problem so that people are scared to use these in their business. They're scared to even uh, think about not using the central bank digital currencies, the CBDCs that they'll be coming out with uh, that we'll talk about more in a future show. I think actually we should get into that. So I'm just taking a note here that we should be talking more about the CBDCs. And uh, again, I think there's a guest that I have in mind that I'd like to bring on to talk about that. So yeah, you've been hearing me you know, discuss the guests coming up on the show and that's something I need to integrate as a time slot and a way to do that that will make sense for me and uh, be able to get it into the show. Okay, back to the Decrypt article. We'll continue on. Libertarian Heartlands is the next section. New Hampshire is heartland of the libertarian movement. In 2003, a specific group of libertarians chose the Granite State as the place where they would want to form their community, and the resettlement scheme was dubbed the Free State Project. According to the local news outlets, around 50,000 free staters now live there. But Freeman, 40, is no longer one of them. After participating in the project for 10 years, he was expelled after engaging in a controversial behavior, quote-unquote, in 2016. One week later, the Free Talk Live radio premises were raided in a child pornography sting, although no charges were made. (laughs) <laughs> so, okay, is that just like smear, smearing this uh, situation? No charges were made, so why did we have to bring that up? Following the expulsion from, continuing on from the article, following his expulsion from the Free State Project, Freeman joined a group called 
Shire Society. Founded in 2010 by a group of activists from the Keene Group, the Shire Society is, quote, committed to peace, individual sovereignty, and independence, unquote. Like the original libertarian movement, the mandates that its members sign a declaration of commitment to the cause. It mandates that. In 2017, former presidential candidate and libertarian Ron Paul signed the Shire Society Declaration. Among the society's projects are the, quote, Shire Cryptocurrency Vending, unquote, as detailed on its website, and the Shire Free Church. Freeman is listed as the chairman of the Shire Free Church Board of Directors. Okay, so skipping down in the article to the Free Talk Live section, it says, Free Talk Live, which is owned by the Shire Free Church, has been operating since 2002 with Freeman and Edge as permanent hosts. According to Edge, the show has been receiving Bitcoin as payments for advertising since 2011. Quote, We were the first media in the world to discuss Bitcoin on December 28, 2010, unquote, said Edge. Roger Veer, the libertarian and Bitcoin cash promoter, first heard about the cryptocurrency from the show, he added. The Shire had been accepting Bitcoin donations since 2011, he said. Certainly the church is not without its Bitcoin holdings, and it has had them for some time, said Edge. The charge against Freeman seeks to forfeit all property and any proceeds derived from an illegal business, quote, once convicted, unquote. Edge said that the church had obtained legal advice in 2017 regarding the status of its cryptocurrency operations and was told that it was not a money transmitter under the state's federal law or under the state or federal law. Edge suspects that the next move will be FBI and IRS will make a seize will make it will make it to freeze the Shire Free Church accounts and seize its Bitcoin wallets if they haven't done so already done so. Freeman and some of the others are also charged with money laundering and operations to continuing financial crimes enterprise. They are accused of instructing their customers to lie to financial institutions about the virtual cryptocurrency transactions. The wire fraud charges list the institutional investors and defendants are alleged to have deceived. They include Service Credit Union, Cheshire, County Federal Credit Union, Wells Fargo, TD Bank, FGA Federal Credit Union, First Tech Federal Credit Union, J.P. Morgan and Chase, and Bank of America. According to the local publication, the Manchester Inc. Link, keen residents have been in FBI crosshairs since January 6th Capitol insurrection, and several have been arrested in connection with the events that took place on that day. A previous version of this article incorrectly named Roger Veer as the founder of Bitcoin Cash. Okay, so along all those lines, I mean, there's so many things that I'd like to dig into there, but we're not going to go into a lot of it. But the idea that these guys taking cryptocurrency donations is somehow, you know, laundering money or becoming a money operating machine or whatever. It's like, yeah, but you know, so Congress and the Federal Reserve have the ability to go f- print fake money and, you know, put us all in debt, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Uh, but then you have 
people playing around with internet currencies than cryptocurrencies that were laughed at for a number of years until finally it starts to look like it's something that's sort of threatening to the old paradigm. And then in this sort of psyop operation, they, you know, arrest the people that are associated with it and, you know, put out a bunch of news and articles around surrounding this. And again, we'll have to follow up with more of the details, but to me, it looks like a lot of what was done here, not that it's not really affecting these people's lives, is that, you know, the FBI or actors within the government are attempting to cast more FUD on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general, giving them enough time to create their own cryptocurrencies, to create their own central bank digital currencies, and then have people use that money instead and have that be tied into all the phones and the apps and the ways and the wallets that you use cryptocurrencies will be you know done through the more centralized control way where you have open ledgers that people can see every little thing that's going on and tie every transaction back to everybody which is actually not what you want in a currency and that's one of the biggest issues with you know traditional bitcoin is that the ledger is open and available for people to see so it's not anonymous inherently it's pseudo anonymous and has the capability to actually track and database everything that's going on now what i was attempting to do by reading in that article into the show was to give some context it it helped provide us a little bit more history on the free state project which i was attempting to highlight as well as how interesting it is now like if I provide a podcast and people are donating to that as a value for value type of thing, you know, and I never cashed that cryptocurrency out, let's say, as we were talking about the value for value in the beginning of the show, right? Uh, I mean, what's to stop me from just keeping that in, in crypto and trading it for XMR and moving that into a hardware storage? And then when I need certain things, I can you know, go use that cryptocurrency on in marketplaces that accept it. And even if the price goes up 20 times, and I never pull it out into the traditional economy or or a traditional fiat, or the, uh, you know, the dollar, basically, in what way would the IRS then be able to say, hey, look, you've, you know, taken this profit here on capital gains, which it's ridiculous how they're really trying to figure all that out anyway through the central exchanges and being able to say, well, this money that you had come into your account had to have uh, you know, made a certain amount of capital gains based on when you originally purchased Bitcoin back in 2015 or something like that. It's like, how do, how do you know that that's where that money came from or that if it's a donation, what then? And do I still have to try to prove that it was a donation. It just gets really messy. And I don't know exactly how it'll all turn out. But I think when you're trying to blend centralized exchanges with a centralized tax system, that's not the purpose of what, you know, someone and these more libertarian ideas are not to centrally control all the cryptocurrencies through central exchanges where everything can be seen. You know, we need to learn how to be more, like I said, digitally sovereign to be able to understand how to acquire and accumulate cryptocurrencies in different ways. Now, for now, if you were just looking to invest in some Bitcoin, you might as well just go 
do a Coinbase account and KYC and get your cryptocurrency and you know at least if you're just trying to learn how it, how it's used. But understand that keeping the crypto on the central exchange and also not understanding how to use maybe like a decentralized exchange, or those are the freedom aspects of cryptocurrency, right? To be able to communicate and to be able to you know interact and exchange with people without it being monitored and tracked and databased by the big daddy government, right? Those are the more crypto anarchist type philosophies behind these technologies. And so we need to understand the projects that are supporting freedom and support those projects. That's why on freedomsrising.com, we only do XMR and R for now. There probably are other projects that we support, but these are the ones that I think have the best opportunity for truly you know, maintaining some digital sovereignty into the future. Now, there could be, like I said, other ones or, or even better ones like Hush, other cryptocurrencies out there that are more in alignment. Um, I think ultimately, even though I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist, I think ultimately this is the product that's going to go into the future, for, you know, in a big way. And Bitcoin is not going to go away. And I think, honestly, if a young person was looking to invest outside of the traditional system and, you know, maybe like steer their Roth IRA 401k into cryptocurrencies or just invest extra money into cryptocurrencies. I think it would probably not, not like any cryptocurrencies. I think Bitcoin would literally probably be like one of the safest and best places to put money now and have it pay off in the future for you in a big way. Uh, Is it volatile? Yes, but, does it always keep and is going to keep going a lot higher in value than it is now, even though it is volatile and has major dips, which is anyone who's been paying attention from the beginning of the crypto and beginning of uh, Bitcoin has known that there's these major dips, but they've it's actually been something that helps investors invest at the right time and they buy the dip, you know, they buy more when the price is going down because it's at a better deal at that point and most likely it's going to go way back up. So if we're looking to then diversify, we could start getting into different things like XMR or R with some of that Bitcoin. But if you're looking for, you know, just yield and just return on investment, I think that would probably be one of the best places to invest. I think putting it there is safe and it's going to turn out to be something that, you know, pays off for you in the long run. And people would argue, oh, that's crazy. It's it's, it's uh, Pokemon coins or whatever. I mean, those that kind of stuff is just ridiculous at this point. And it's uh, unless we see something like, you know, countries trying to do more of what was done with the FBI rating, the New Hampshire Bitcoin operator, like scaring people off of these, like, oh, Bitcoin's only used for ransomware and which I don't think that narrative is going to last. I think the only thing they could really do is try to force you on to the central bank digital currencies and then also attempt to use choke points of the on and off ramps to either regulate down what you're able to purchase in that realm or try to outlaw Bitcoin or something like that. But again, going back to the principles behind these things are that they shouldn't be able to be stopped by governments and state actors and they shouldn't be able to be controlled by that either. And we need to carry those principles forward in these technologies and make sure that freedom's rising stays alive through the tech. So that's, 
a big part of what we like to explore here. Again, I'm exploring with you. I'm learning about more about freedoms rising every day. And we're also trying to incorporate it in our lives and live it as well. So I'm not claiming to be perfect in any of these things. And I don't have all the answers. And uh, I'm on my own journey and path forward to get, uh, you know, understand and implement truth, freedom and prosperity in my life, but then expand that out into the lives of others and grow freedoms rising. So appreciate everyone for being here today on this Friday show. Again, like Fridays aren't going to be a typical day to put out work and put out a show, but uh, it's been something that I want to make sure that we're taking this seriously. I've taken this project very seriously and want to, it's not, it's not a business quote unquote, but it's needs to be ran and respected as a vocational, you know, occupation, something that I do as a way of being versus looking at as, as a strict business. But you know, for those that understand how much time and effort and focus and attention need to go into operating a business, that's how we want to operate Freedoms Rising. Not saying necessarily that it is a business. I'm just saying that the seriousness of it as far as how much how much we I need to be putting into it is will be taken in that way, you know. So uh, bear with us as we get things evened out and the tech straightened out and the show you know, more streamlined and uh, a better schedule and more themed shows and even titles and title cards and getting in that sync. So appreciate everyone for listening to the episodes. Again, if you'd like to check out a podcasting 2.0 app and get some Bitcoin on your Exodus, transfer that to Lightning and then move it over to your wallet on your podcast app, you could start streaming Boosting Satoshis and let's see how it works. Like I'm just as interested as you are to see how that works. If you're someone who's interested in that kind of thing. And, you know, we're talking like dollars and cents here, just really trying to make sure that the underlying fundamentals work. And I'll update you along the way with uh, how that's going and the implementation in the back end for freedomsrising.live. You can find us on tylerbloyer.com, which is my main website, freedomsrising.live, uh, the one great work network.com check out the other content creators there. There's a lot of great information and you can also donate to tylerbloyer.com slash donate. If you feel like you'd like to show that there is value in what we're doing here and that you appreciate it, uh, whatever you feel like would be something that shows that the show is valuable for you, that would be much appreciated. Otherwise I'd like to promote your freedom project, something that you're working on. Uh, call me. Let's just record it, right? Let's get a quick session. Out. Hey, I'm working on this. And uh, let, I'll say, hey, join up this Zoom call or whatever. We'll get a quick audio recording, audio only on the Freedoms Rising series. And then I can plug and promote your show and we'll do a quick interview about it. So that's also something I'll be reaching out to certain individuals on. I'm not just passively asking you to do the work there and contact me. There's certain people that I would like to have come in and uh, we'll be doing more of that in the future as well. So again, folks, thanks. And we'll talk to you next week. This is Tyler Bloyer from tylerbloyer.com. And you've listened to another Freedoms Rising show. Thank you very much.